Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we are going to talk to Hardy and Nicole from Hart Commons. And we're going to start first of all with education. So Hardy, tell us about your education. Hello, Peter. Yes, uh, I was born in Edmonton. So I did my post-secondary education uh, going for four years to the University of Alberta, where I worked toward a Bachelor of Science degree and also came out with a diploma in dental hygiene. I was a dental hygienist for uh, about 15 years. And following that, I went to a small university in Florida called Warner University. And I got a Bachelor of Arts degree there in pastoral ministries and biblical studies. Followed that up by going to the Anderson University School of Theology in Anderson, Indiana, and got a Master of Divinity degree. Not that anyone is a Master of Divinity, but that's what the certificate says. So that's my formal education route. Nicole? Uh, mine's just a little bit less than Hardy's. Um, actually, I've only attended University of Toronto, where I received my Bachelor of Arts in Theatre and Drama Studies. And I've been actually studying drama since high school because I attended a specialist program for arts. Um, so that is mainly the extent of my education. But I was in a joint program with University of Toronto with Sheridan College. So I kind of attended both at the same time. Okay, so Hardy, talk about your work experience. Yeah, my, uh, my work history uh, is that I worked in a fairly sizable parish or congregation from 1980 until 1986 in Middletown, Ohio, which is right in between Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio. And I was in this congregation uh, along with my uh, spouse, uh, Cindy, youth pastors, and then I had the entire education portfolio, everything from nursery care all the way through adult education. And uh, after that, I had in my heart and mind to start a faith community in our denominational affiliation, and that led me to Mississauga, where Cindy and I started Mississauga Community Church, which was eventually renamed to Joshua Creek Church, and which is presently in a revisioning uh, metamorphosis that is called Heart Commonus. And, uh, well, let me just say a word about Heart Commonus. No, hold on, hold on. Okay, all right. Nicole. <laughs> What about your um, work experience? So my work experience is very close to what I studied at school. So I've worked a lot around the theater, in the theater. Um, I did many years of production, crew work, so building sets, um, making costumes, 
being a stage manager of a show, basically every aspect of it, but also a lot of uh, performance. Um, I've actually worked also as a performer as well. And then I kind of translated that work into a more therapeutic sense. So I actually worked at uh, Aaron Oak Kids, which is a, a like a sick kids therapy center. And I worked at their drama therapy center. So we would basically work with children who had autism or any type of disability. And we would bring dramatic arts to them and put on a show and play with them. So that was really fun. Um, but a lot of my experience is in hospitality. So very grunt work. I mean, even my neighborhood, I'd work at like every restaurant, every grocery store. Um, so I, I really have a really wide range of experience. And I think that's also led me to some management positions. So I worked as a manager, um, in certain restaurants. And then after that, I started working in some more marketing and promotional type of work. So I was helping with a lot of website design and content for one of my previous employers. But the last thing that I did that I'm a little bit more, um, I think, closer, that's closer to my heart is I worked for a theater company um, as a performer, but I'm also developing a play with them. So this is more of like kind of what I studied and it's a bit more in my um, in my pathway, but um, yeah, I think that's, that's mainly the, the bulk of my experience. So Nicole, what is your role in Heart Commons? My role in Heart Commons is I am the project coordinator for the organization. Okay. So now back to Hardy, this new organization, Heart Commons, where did the name come from and what's the purpose? Right. Glad you asked. Uh, so, Peter, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we met about two years ago at a reimagined conference in Hamilton, and that put me in touch with Community Innovation Hub and also with some of the work of the United Church of Canada, which I'm not formally a part of, but uh, was graciously received into that network of the resources that uh, are shared in that in that space. And there, uh, Ted Reeve did a webinar on the word commons and the concept of commons, where a community uh, stewards and shares together rather than, you know, I own this, you own that. Uh, and And it was just so appealing to me that uh, that I did a he did a little background study on the word commons, which comes from the Latin commonus, which means together as one. And so uh, I participated in in a, a course of study at the York Entrepreneurial Development Institute, Yeti, and my communication instructor. When I did the sixty second pitch of what hard commonus is all about. Uh, he he was the one who said, you should call this Heart Commonus. And that's how the name arose. And it's all about connecting with people uh, in a broader and deeper way and seeing the beauty and the gifts and the, uh, the friendship and the collaborative work and the learning that happens when people connect. So okay. that's it, Heart so Commonus. So uh, going forward, what is Nicole's role? Well, uh, 
are you asking who's answering? <laughs> Hardy, you should answer. I'm curious. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll be happy to take a poke at it, and then you can share what you really do, uh, Nicole. So with Heart Commonus, uh, I mentioned already that we're in the work of community engagement in seeing people connect and thereby bringing about uh, learning and collaborative uh, experiences. And, and so our aim is to identify not so much everything that's wrong in this community, but to see the gold mine of treasure, of gifts, of talents, of skills, of knowledge, experience, and stories that individuals bring forward and are willing to share with each other in the community. And it is out of those gifts and talents and experiences that we create events. For example, we met a yoga teacher in Cooksville, Mississauga, and so we offered a yoga in the park as an experience, and over 40 people showed up. Another, uh, and so each of our events actually comes organically right from the hearts of the people. Somebody sees that there's too much trash in the parks and on the streets. And this person happened to be Nicole, who is a resident of Cooksville. And so we had a, an initiative to clean up Cooksville Park and the surrounding neighborhood. 60 people show up. We met a Bollywood dance instructor. We have a Bollywood dance lesson that comes out of that. 46 people show up. And so Nicole is the person who then takes these event ideas and uh, together with Christine Bennett, who is also on our inner circle team of shaping these events and bringing them to the place of implementation, uh, Nicole's role as a project coordinator is to move it from the idea concept of an event to where it actually rolls out and becomes an experience uh, that people share together. Okay. So having said that, is your organization looking to set up a physical presence or is it just going to be a virtual presence? Uh, well, certainly through the time of COVID, and we really got started uh, with our events as COVID arrived on the scene, uh, our initial events were virtual. We called them neighborhood Zoom parties, and that was where we called people who had an interest for their community to be a more caring and supportive place. And that's where we did things, like imagined that we all lived in the same apartment building and we invited persons to share their gifts and talents. And there were poets and there were musicians and artists and people who care about youth and people who care about the elderly. Uh, they were all in the room, so to speak. And, uh, and so our first in-person event actually was in July of this year with the yoga in the park. And our intention as we move forward is to take the energy 
that is in these events, the vibrancy that this is bringing into the community and to actually have a, a place-based location from which we would operate in a hub. And, and the way we're seeing it is that we would be in a collaboration together with a number of other organizations in this uh, location, in this place-based. Uh, and so there are a few possibilities that we are in conversation with, which would give us that more permanent uh, presence. So, Hardy, in order to accomplish that, that requires a fair bit of funding. How are you going to find out sources for that kind of funding for a physical facility? Yeah, that's why I called you, Peter. Uh, <laughs> so, excuse me, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory there. Uh, in 1987, we started a, a faith community, Mississauga Community Church, and along the way in the history of that faith community, we purchased a large piece of property in Oakville in the year 2000, and uh, thinking at that time that our work was going to be on that piece of property, but as uh, our story has unfolded, uh, our focus and direction is in Cooksville, and so uh, that piece of property, the equity of that piece of property is financing our initial present work and we believe will eventually be a significant part of the uh, capital and operating uh, funds that will be necessary to function in a, in a hub environment. And so, you know, we're we're talking to financial uh, people who are smarter than we are in the realm of, of finances to see how that equity of that property can not only fuel the capital costs, but also some operational costs and also generate some funds so that there is an ongoing amount of funding that, that comes from that uh, land. Now, how the work of Heart Commonists in terms of the participants, the members, the generous people in the community, what slice of the pie will come from grants and donations and, uh, and membership and events paying for themselves, we have not, uh, not fine-tuned by any stretch the business model that will result in Heart Commonist being a sustainable and expanding and growing work. Uh, so those are still some of the moving parts. But initially, it's that piece of property that is the source of our, of our funding. So, Nicole, <clears throat> one of the issues is you and Hardy can't run this by yourself. You need team to help you so have you engaged partners as you've tried to develop this concept absolutely um, we've been engaging with many partners in cooksville many local organizations um, indus community services the damn youth 
Crane Creations Theater Company. Uh, we were also in contact with the counselor of our ward, um, among just many other small groups like the Food Table Project. And I don't know, Hardy, am I missing anymore? I feel like we have a long list of people that are on our side that are really helping us out. And, you know, I think our approach is really just to see the assets of the community and see what people can bring forward. When we create our events, we we really try to scale them down into something that's tangible um, because we are a small team. But thankfully, we have a lot of volunteers. We have a lot of eager people that are just helping, um, eager to help and just support us. And sometimes it's it's just really finding everybody like how do i explain this if everybody can just bring a piece of the puzzle to the equation we can create something amazing and i think i've seen i think we've seen that in our past events um even a cleanup initiative or yoga in the park or pumpkin carving those were events that even though our core team really consisted of three people it ended up being actually really great because of all the other people that just put their hand forward and just helped us out a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit of resources from one organization, um, donations. We got some donations from a, a partner of ours that's uh, actually a developer in, in Cooksville. So it feels like we're doing the right thing and we're on the right track. Obviously, we know we're not where we want to be, but I think it would be a lot worse if nobody wanted us or didn't accommodate us in some way, but it actually seems that people are really eager to see what we have to offer. Uh, we were actually on a newsletter on Volunteer NBC, and they were acclaiming us for the fact that we were taking initiative during the pandemic because our organization really started working once the pandemic started and we were actually the first group to start an in-person event. Um, I'm assuming in Mississauga, Caledon and Brampton. So we got that recognition and it was really great to hear that because it felt that our work actually was making some kind of impact or difference, or at least was saying, Hey, we're here. Like our hand was up and it's like, we're here and we just want people to come help us out because you know, this is a type of mission that really benefits everyone. When we do the work that we do, we it's like we have a microphone and we give it to someone else and we let them speak. All of our events are resident inspired or or it's not us imposing on people what we want to do, but actually we're trying to pull out of those people their skills, their talents, their gifts, what their ideas are for a project or an event. I always ask my volunteers, what do you want to see? What do you want to do? Is there something that's just inside of you that you really want to see happen? And maybe if we all pull our resources together, we can see it come through. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, and I would add to that, uh, Peter, that because we take this asset-based community development approach, ABCD, it, uh, it was ignited by Peter McKnight uh, initially, and it just resonated with us. And we actually, you know, we take that approach with potential funders as well. We, we really try to have the mindset uh, who in one way or another uh, wants to collaborate toward wellness. And wellness is so multidimensional. It's spiritual, it's psychological, physical, social, economic, and everyone has a slice of the action and the pie that contributes to overall wellness. And in that sense, even in my work as a faith community leader, I feel like this approach has really expanded my heart. Uh, and, you know, whereas I probably, 
used to think of of church work as you know how can we get as many people into the building on sunday morning as we can in order to have a, an effective base um you know the the shift is is being out there in the community and and being available with anyone no matter what their background is because each of us has something in our hearts about how life can be better. Better for me, better for everyone. And we're finding that the people who, who share that kind of vision are willing to come forward. And you know, we're trusting that process. Our next big event is a holiday tree lighting and candlelight, uh, community candlelight walk in Cooksville on December the 4th. And, and we're finding that as we put out the call for volunteers in some way to contribute to the beauty of this event that we're creating, that our volunteer base is increasing. And so, you know, that feels good to us, but we know that from a sustainability standpoint, this is really key is to have the, the leadership base, the volunteer base growing so that we can uh, scale uh, our impact in the, in the promotion of wellness. That's what is in our heart about, uh, about our work. One of the important things when you're running an organization like yours is measuring the outcomes of these very events. I mean, it's great to have a number of people at the events, but that's outputs. Outcomes are what is the impact of these events? Do you do any measuring of the outcomes? That's a, that's a great question, Peter, and I wouldn't say that we're uh, proficient and expert in this realm. Uh, I would say that what really moves us is the individual stories that come out of our connections with people. Um, uh, Nicole, would you uh, share maybe a story or two from a connection, whether it's uh, you know, someone who was on our Zoom uh, party or coming out of the trash cleanup, inevitably find that every event we do, there are stories. There are anecdotal stories that are so heartwarming and rendering and motivating. And, uh, you know, when you start adding up these stories, you, you feel, wow, there is some vibrancy. There is some life that is being stirred up and infused in this community. And uh, does, does a story or two come to your mind, Nicole? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have many, actually. Um, so when we were first doing our neighborhood Zoom parties, we had this one participant who I found on Nextdoor. So part of the work I do is just like trying to find people wherever I can from this neighborhood because because there isn't a strong social support or online presence of our community. It kind of feels like I'm always scrummaging trying to find people. But this one gentleman came onto our call and he was just beaming with light to be a part of the call. And I, it was funny because, you know, 
everyone's there for a different reason and you don't know what really stirs someone's heart but he was just so excited to be there and then he explained to us basically that he was a new immigrant from india who came during the pandemic and he had been here for over a year and a half and hadn't even i think he only met one person one person in his neighborhood or in his in his around him right and he just said to us, you guys are my people. Like, I've just been looking to make a connection or looking to talk to someone or just, just to, you know, as a newcomer, especially during the pandemic, to meet one person is so isolating and so lonely. He was just so excited and so happy to be a part of the call. And we've noticed that this is actually something that hasn't only really happened once, but it happened several times. Um something that was really, really big to me and super personal was during a cleanup initiative, this one lovely lady came over to me and she was just expressing that um, she was going through a difficult time because her son has cerebral palsy and he felt extremely, extremely isolated during the pandemic to the point where he didn't even leave his house. And so I took the approach that we usually take in our, um, in our organization, which is really focusing on the individual, right? And so in that moment, I told her, you know what? I actually have a friend who's in a wheelchair and he might be a really great match for, for your son. Maybe they'll be able to get along way better because, you know, I'm someone that isn't disabled. I don't have, I, I might not be able to relate with him, but it's not even that. I mean, he's if he's struggling with that type of problem, I'd love to meet with him with someone who could relate to him. And it was just such an overwhelming conversation for her that she started crying. And I was overwhelmed by the experience too. And so, you know, as I kind of started observing our events, I started seeing that at the end of every event, people were really happy. And I mean, it was so funny because in the beginning of cleanup, people kind of came, not skeptic, not, not skeptical, but I think it was, you know, it's your first in-person event since the pandemic happened. Everyone's kind of like, separated and they have their masks on they don't know what's going on and then once we went through with the event and everybody came back people were smiling people were thanking us They're like oh my god thanks for organizing this like it's so great to finally just go out and meet people they were smiling you know you could see that they their expressions had changed and so for us i think almost a measure of these outcomes is several things it, it, it really is first starting on the connection um because for us, once we start seeing feedback and seeing that people are hungry for what we're doing, that they want to be a part of what they're, what we're doing, they want to start putting themselves in the process, at least it feels to us that we're doing something right. And another thing that we do that um, we haven't really mentioned before is that we try to f uh, feature a local business at all of our events. So at Cheer Yoga, we had a local cafe, which is Halo Espresso. We had their cookies uh, at our event, and, and we keep it as local as possible. Even at Bollywood Dance, we brought samosas from a local Indian restaurant. Um, we actually brought Halo Cafe again into our holiday tree lighting event. Um, and our pumpkin carving and also Bollywood Dance was located by a new restaurant that just opened in Cooksville, which is called Storm Away. And they were so excited that we were just they're helping promote their business giving out their business cards even you know taking pictures with their business in our in our promotion as well and so to me that starts becoming a way that we can see okay let's see how people respond to this we're we're really making it about them it's not about us we're we're trying to see what do they say and after this type of approach where you know like i said we keep it as local as possible we even hire 
the, the people who lead our events are also local. So our yoga dancer, Savita, she was a local yoga, yoga dancer. Our Bollywood dance instructor, she was also a local Bollywood dancer. And so this has helped us immensely with getting just people curious about us. All of a sudden people are emailing us and calling us and the BIA is, is interested in what we're doing. Um, the counselor is thrilled to hear what we're doing as well. So I think at least that's our starting point. And I think once we grow our organization and go a little bit more forward, we're going to have stronger like ways to indicate if our outcomes are going in the direction that we want them to go. But I think that's where it really starts, at least with the grassroots approach that we're taking. I, I want to just add one more shout out. Uh, could I add one more shout out to what Nicole mentioned? Well, because we're, we're uh, running ask... short, short of time, Hardy. What I need, <laughs> need from you is the website. What is the Our website? website is and and that is spelled H E A R T C O M as in mother. O N O S dot C A. Okay. So obviously we've got two people who are very excited and passionate about what they're doing and they're going to make a difference. And we look forward to hearing about you more in the media and uh, the successes that you're going to achieve. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Peter, for the opportunity.